Lord God, we are grateful for this opportunity to share together around your word. We pray that you would teach us. We pray that you would help us to hear the voice of your spirit as we look at this passage. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Who may eat at God's table? My nephew invited me to his 40th birthday party, and as usual, I carefully and meticulously put it on my, on my personal calendar that this is an event I was planning to go to. And finally, the, the Sunday arrived that the party was being held, or the Saturday arrived, I should say. The Saturday arrived that the party was being held, and I told him that I was coming, but I failed to look at my calendar, and I was thinking that the party was being held on Sunday rather than Saturday. My siblings were wondering why I did not show up and assumed that something else had had come up in my schedule. And from the reports of those who attended, it was a delightful time with lots of good food, with uh, being outside, and he he had even arranged a music group to come. And so it was, a, it was a delightful and a wonderful celebration. Jesus told a story of a king who invited persons to a meal, to a banquet, to a party. And let us now listen to the story that Jesus told as we continue this sermon series on the parables. This is from Matthew 22, verses 1 to 14, and it will be on the, on the PowerPoint. It's also in your pew Bibles on page 979. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some servants and said, Tell those who've been invited that I prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered, and everything is wet ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off one to his field and another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. And then he said to the servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without the wedding clothes, friend? And the man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot 
and throw him outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. And as we look at this sermon, as we uh, consider this sermon, you may want to fill in the blanks that are on the, uh, or take notes that are in your bulletin, in the uh, page in your bulletin, and the answers will be on the overhead or on the PowerPoint. So Jesus tells this story about a king who has a wonderful, wonderful feast, lots of food, but the invitation is rejected. The people do not come. Rejected. Now they didn't just forget, they didn't forget about the party the way I did. It's simply they spurned the invitation. They disregarded the invitation to come to the banquet. The setting of this parable is during the Passion Week of Jesus, where Jesus comes into Jerusalem with the intention of giving his life as a sacrifice for our sins. So in what we call the triumphal entry, in Matthew 21, immediately before this, he rides into Jerusalem on a colt and is acclaimed by the crowds that we celebrate on Palm Sunday. Here in this story, Jesus shares a delightful and a wonderful invitation to a feast. The kingdom of God is visualized by the prophets of old as a grand and a glorious feast. A grand and glorious feast is visualized by these prophets, and Isaiah is one of the prophets who sees the kingdom of God as that feast, and that carries through even to all the way through the New Testament, even to the book of Revelation, where we are invited to celebrate with God at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Going back to the words of the prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 25, 6. In Jerusalem, the Lord of heaven's armies will spread a wonderful feast for all the people of the world. It will be a delicious banquet with clear, well-aged wine and choice meat. In the scriptures, we find that feasting is a time of celebration, a time of joy and expressing lots of joy and affirmation. During the time of Esther, after the victory of the Jews, when the Jewish people were saved by the actions of Queen Esther, Esther 8.17 records, in every province and city, wherever the king's decree arrived, the Jews rejoiced and had a great celebration and declared a public festival and holiday. So we see that the kingdom of God is visualized as a party, as a banquet, a wedding feast prepared by the king. And even though the invitation was given by the king and should be seen as a command or was seen as a command, the people refused to come. Now, it was the custom in that culture when the invitations went out that the date and the time were not included. The people were simply alerted, the guests were alerted that the wedding banquet would be taking place. 
And then when all the arrangements were made and the preparations were ready, the, as the scripture says here, as Matthew says, that Jesus says the, the oxen were killed and the, the, they were, the meat was ready, then the people were invited to come at that particular time. And in the parable, the two groups of servants are God's messengers who carry the message to Israel, the prophets and also the disciples. So the king sent two sets of servants to, the, to the, invite the people. And the first group went to the guests who had been invited to the banquet and Matthew reports in 3b, they refused, they all refused to come. And therefore, the king sent out other servants and to invite people who never expected to have the honor and to have the privilege of coming to the banquet. And unfortunately, a similar thing happened in verse 5. Matthew says, they made light of the invitation because the wedding feast was not a priority in their lives. One went to the farm, another went to the business. They did not feel this was a priority. They continued with their own ordinary responsibilities. In our time, also, there are many who refuse to make the kingdom of God a, a priority in their lives. The activities of this life, activities, and they may be good activities, activities of sports and business, recreation, or even our job may crowd out the work of the kingdom, may crowd out the priority of the kingdom. Other things and other activities can crowd out the kingdom than the, what God is calling us to do. And Jesus says in this parable that this is what happened to those who did not come to the banquet. They each went about their other responsibilities. The first group ignored the invitation, refused to come, and the second group was so involved in their own responsibilities that they didn't make it a priority to come. Recall the time that Jesus visited in the home of his good friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And at that time, when Martha was complaining to Jesus, Jesus simply informed Martha that she was caring too much about her other responsibilities, that she was worried and distracted by many things. Her sister Mary had chosen the better part. Mary had accepted the invitation to the banquet. She was fellowshipping with Jesus and spending time with Jesus while Martha's responsibilities came between her and her God and her Lord. The other invited guests mistreated and murdered the king's messengers. The Jewish people were called many times to come to repentance, but they persecuted the messengers. They also killed God's messenger, Jesus Christ. This was a refusal of the utmost importance. 
an inexcusable insult to the invitation because they were insulting God himself. And then God turns from the Jewish people to the Gentiles. And the servants are invited to go out to the streets and invite all to come to the banquet. The Gentiles now have the opportunity to come to the banquet, to God's table. And notice the response to the invitation in verse 10. In verse 10, so the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. None of us, none of us is good enough on our own to come to the banquet table. So let's not be puffed up, be proud, and say we are so much better than those first several groups because none of us is good enough on our own to come to this banquet hall to the marriage supper of the Lamb. David Buttrick shares a delightful little story about the little girl who was crying because she was not invited to the party. It was a party for the handicapped children. And she said, and she cried, I can't get in. There's nothing the matter with me. But for us, there is something the matter with all of us. And we are all sinners saved only by God's grace. And so all of us, we cannot be like the little girl. All of us are invited to come in to the banquet. John, as we saw some weeks ago in, in one, the message that I preached from Revelation, John on the island of Patmos had a vision of heaven where there were people from every tribe and nation and language, every, all people represented here as the vision of heaven. Tribe and people standing before the throne and before the Lamb. We who are gathered in from the streets and have no reason, we have no reason to be in the banquet hall except by grace, by God's grace, and by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. We can claim no, we have no claim on the king or the graciousness of the king. It's only by God's grace that we receive the invitation to come to the feast. It is only by God's grace that we'll be able to sit at the great and marvelous banquet. But God's grace carries with it responsibility. And therefore, Jesus tells, adds kind of an addendum, another part to this parable, a second parable about the guest who is at the banquet but doesn't have the wedding attire on. The king, as a host, came in to visit with the guest and to see the guest. And there was an invited guest who had soiled, raggedy clothes, who was not dressed in the wedding attire. And that certainly was an insult to the king because in those times, the people who came to the wedding feast were given wedding garments 
free of charge as they entered. And for some reason, this particular guest did not accept the wedding garments for the, for the banquet. And God clothes the re redeemed with new clothes of righteousness and grace. It is God who clothes us. Isaiah says in Isaiah 61.10, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. Drape me in a robe of righteousness that God gives to us. God transforms us. We allow the work of the Spirit in our own lives to transform us, and God gives us the robe of righteousness, right relationships with God and right relationships with others. David Buttrick comments again, and I quote, a strange postscript is added to the parable to trouble us. And trouble us it should, for it points to something we'd rather forget. If you enter the kingdom of God, your life must change. God calls you and the invitation is free. But if you answer, if you say, Lord, I will follow along with you, then your whole way of life will have to change. And then he asks, did you hear about the TV prize contest contestant who won a week at the Waldorf, the famous Waldorf Astoria Hotel, and she won this with all expenses paid. And she burst into tears because, as she said, I'd have to get everything new. She wanted to dress up for the occasion. And God hands out the invitation, and we know that we do not deserve it. So yes, we should desire to dress our lives in the best. End of quote. We should desire to dress our lives in the best and to dress up for God's kingdom. The members of the church at Sardis in Revelation 3, 4 were, to were told, yet there are some in the church who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Now, I'm sure the man who was not dressed in the wedding garment could not tell the host, could not tell the master, in front of all the guests that he had refused to take the garment. And he was speechless, and that seems to anger the host even more. The king wanted all the guests to be prepared and to have on the wedding clothes. We are clothes, my sisters and brothers, we are clothes in the righteousness of God. Our acts of righteousness are not acceptable and never will be. We will, can never do enough to enter into the kingdom of God. Isaiah 64, 6. We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. We can't ever do enough to win the kingdom of God. It's impossible on our own 
to come to God's table to the feast in eternity. Instead, we accept, we allow God, by God's work and the Spirit of God in our lives, to change us, to transform us, to make us righteous, to make us from being a self-absorbed person into the person who connects with others, who cares about others and all who come across our path. Salvation, being dressed in the white clothes, is a completely free gift. Ephesians 2.8, God saved you by his grace and you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. In the popular 12-step language, we were admitted we were powerless over addiction, that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. And as a result of being clothed in the righteousness of God, we are able then to live fruitful lives. Paul says in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. As we allow God's righteousness to live in us, then God empowers us to live a holy life by the power and the work of the Spirit in our lives. So, there are two ways that we can miss out on the banquet. One is to snub and to turn down the invitation, to disregard the invitation and not take it as a, as a priority, to disregard it, go about our own activities, go about our own priorities, to forget about the, the responsibilities that we have. Another way of missing out on the banquet is to fail to live a life that is transformed, that we do not have on the white wedding clothes, that we are so absorbed in ourselves, we aren't allowing the Spirit of God to change us, to reach out in love to all people who come across our path. All are invited to the great banquet. All are invited to the feast of God's kingdom. Revelation 22, 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life. Jesus invites all persons, all, good and bad alike, Jesus said in the parable, to come. Jesus, the host of the banquet, invites us to come to the banquet. He invites us to come to the party. And as we practice our missional calling, God, through our congregation, extends an invitation to all to come to the party. Now there was an elderly man who amazed persons in his congregation as he came to worship each week. He was hard of hearing, he could hardly walk, 
and he could not see very well at this stage of life. And one day, a curious church member walked up to him and talked to him about this and said to him, George, I think it's great that you come to church so, so faithfully each week, but it must be difficult for you to get anything much out of the, the service. So why, why would you, why do you keep coming? And the old man, without a moment's hesitation, answered, I just want folks to know whose side I'm on. In contrast to my experience with the invitation from my nephew, do not forget to come out to attend the party by the Lord. Don't forget to prepare for this party by having on the wedding clothes, the clothes of righteousness given by God to all to attend the party. All God's invitations have an RSVP and with changed lives and with new priorities attend the party of God. I invite us to come to a time of prayer. Help us, O oh God, to see ourselves as you see us. And I would invite you in this time of prayer to reflect on whether we've come to the banquet hall and whether we've decided to clothe ourselves with the robes of righteousness, to clothe ourselves with the wedding gown. Help us, O oh God, to search our hearts and our minds. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word that has gone forth and for this powerful story that Jesus told about your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just a couple more questions.